Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express in our Sophia chapter, our Act 5. At the top of the show, what we'd like to do is like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. We really, truly could not put the show on and continue to evolve and grow the show as it goes without your support. So if you'd like to support the show, you can. And that is at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. There are also lots of other ways to support the show, including sharing episodes, giving us reviews, subscribing to us on YouTube, coming to our Discord server and saying hello to all of our wonderful cast members as well. With the propers out of the way, I'll hand it over to introductions. And so to my right. Hi there, this is Mike, and I play James Robert Fraser, who has some medical duties to attend to, I think. Yes, I do believe you might be playing part of Field Nurse here shortly, Mr. Fraser, to Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena, and I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and between all the cocaine and getting gunned down by multiple bullets, I'm living my Scarface uh, vision over here. Yes, soon-to-be Lady Elizabeth Montana if we can have uh, that slight edit to her name uh, at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and currently Simon's experiencing PTSD. <laughs> Without any question, yes. Really, it's the dirt between your teeth that is the tough part to get fixed. To Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and I'm... 90% sure I've said this in an opening before that a professor Courtney in the hand is worth two in the bush. I guarantee you have. Guarantee you have, but I'm happy to hear you lay it down again. And so last but most certainly not least. I'm Martin and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And uh, I need to get these words in the right order. Richard is currently hiding in a bush with Maggie and uh, he still has a pair of trousers that are intact. Unless this bush has got thorns or something, in which case he's... Uh, He's possibly stuck. Yeah, I think that remains to be seen. So we're going to raise the curtain tonight practically right where we left off. So we'll raise it on up and what we'll see is sort of a swath of destruction that this truck has laid. Bullet holes riddle multiple automobiles along this once peaceful and placid University Lane. Several investigators are still hunkered down. One of the group lays in the street, riddled with bullets. And the first sound that you all hear is footsteps on the pavement. Hurried ones. Those footsteps of James Robert Fraser as he attempts to get to his, well, her ladyship, having been cut down. Yeah, I am going to make best speed across to where Lady Elizabeth is lying, replace my gun back uh, 
in my pocket. Simon is still close by. I'm just going to shout to him. Simon, get after them if you can. I need to look after her ladyship. And then I'm going to try and um, use some first aid on her if I can in order to... Uh, at least, at the very least, stabilize her. Hmm. Because at this moment, I don't know if she's alive or dead. That is correct, sir. So why don't you go ahead and give me a first aid roll? That is a phenomenal fail. However, if the uh, player who is embodying Lady Liz Elizabeth Fitzroy is willing, I will push that roll. Yeah, no, I'll, I think I'll have to, in this, in this instance, I'll have to push that roll because there's nobody else about really to, to try and help her, is there? So, as you keep her, I will remind you that failed push rolls are bad. Yeah, I don't have any more luck to spend at this point, so I'm not sure I want you to do that because I don't want to die, die. Well, that is fine then. I will just let that fail rest and I will just start shouting, Somebody help! Medic! Medic! You shout into the street. Simon will go over and help Fraser since he has uh, battlefield first aid as well. And also since Simon is not keen on running up behind a truck with a machine gun mounted on it. Yeah, at this point, uh, for those of you who are experiencing the life and death moments of the scene, the truck has long since pulled around a corner. It is no longer in visual range at all. You have lost it. It doesn't matter. Simon is still not in any hurry to find that truck. <laughs> Fair enough. So if you'd like to help apply first aid to Lady Elizabeth, you can. That's a 97. Ooh, what's your first aid? Uh, it is a 44. All right, so that's a fumble on a first aid. And so for whatever reason, Lady Elizabeth doesn't respond. Fraser, you're having a really hard time finding her pulse. Simon, Simon, I can't get a pulse. She's not breathing, Simon. No, I'm not feeling any breath out of her mouth. I don't know. Uh, where, where's the bullet hole? It's, it's here. It's, it's, I don't know what to do. We need Paul. We need Paul right now. Did the bullet go clean through or is it lodged in her? I think it's lodged in her. All right, then, um... I think we, we need to get it out. She's bleeding a lot. Take my handkerchief and stop the wound. That's the only thing. We can't perform any CPR at this point. I'll check Lady's uh, throat and see if there's any blockage, but we have to stop the bleeding. I think at this stage, I'll just pull my jacket off and I'll just rip my shirt sleeve off and try and staunch any bleeding. We'll just have to hope she can make her constitution rolls until we get back to Paul. Speaking of... I like Lady Elizabeth to begin making constitution rolls. Joy. Well, my con's 59. That's not bad. A 58 under 59. So you're set up then for the next hour, provided, you know, no one fumbles on you again. Come on, let's, let's get out of Paul. He'll know what to do. Um, so I'm going to ask, before we move the body, what Maggie and Richard are doing now that the, well, the hubbub before seems to have faded a little bit. What are you two doing in that bush? Do we notice everything that's going on? Yeah, you notice the two of them like hovering and working over her body, trying to do something. You watched her get shot down in the street by a machine gun. But I'm not a trained medical professional. 
And I'm assuming Professor Courtney is also not a trained medical professional and that our efforts would be best spent elsewhere. These people are going to get away with what they've done if we don't do something, Richard. Yes, I, I, I yes, I, I think you're, you're right. Are there any cars nearby that we could borrow? Uh, if the two of you would like to attempt to steal a car, you, you may. I can't speak for Martin, but that's what Maggie would like to do. Martin definitely doesn't want to steal a car, but I think Richard's up for it. As these two, as Simon and Mr. Fraser are working with Lady Elizabeth, trying to prop up or, or prepare to move her body, the two of you are sort of secreting yourself off in a different direction to go towards one of these cars. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's only the right thing to do to find them, and uh, they, they, they must be made to pay for this. Yes. Well, and even if we do, don't catch them, if we can follow them and, and see where they've gone, then it'll be easy for us to come back in force. Yes, and we can call the police or something. No, I meant with Mr. Fraser and, and Simon. Oh, uh, oh, yes, yes, I see. Yes, well, I, I'm sure that will have a uh, the same kind of effect, I guess. Sure. Right, well, do we see any good cars? Oh, Sure. I mean, good is relative, right? I mean, closest one, honestly, that Maggie maybe looks like it looks like she could drive that maybe familiar with something for a, a lady's constitution. Yes, certainly. Um, we'll say that the two of you locate a small two seat automobile that's nearby, which you could likely um, pluck from the street. Right. Well, um, uh, which one, Maggie, do you uh, what do you think we should should? have I'm, I'm not an expert in this but um i am quite good with wires and uh, mechanical things oh this one this one's close enough richard let's uh, just hurry we have to hurry along right right okay okay and uh richard will, will get busy trying to hotwire it oh good so we'll say uh, electrical repair mechanical repair 48 on electrical repair we'll go for that one all right uh that's not great that's 62 but but we can we can spend some luck here. Okay. If I spend 14, I've still got more than 30. Ah, yes, the bargains. I love these bargains. You uh, begin to work over the very simple electronics, or even the wiring for that matter. Uh, it takes a, a probably say about a minute, um, but you effectively hotwire the car and start the engine up. Right, um... Do you know how to drive one of these things? You've seen me drive before. Of course I do, Richard. Well, come on then. If you're sure you're okay with this model. He's already in the car. Right. She's actually already behind the wheel. You've hotwired this and started the engine up. Now Maggie's going to put it into drive. So you begin to drive off. I, I find the it would be impossible for you to not sort of squeal the tires as you move out onto the the street itself and um, in the rearview mirror your traveling companions are trying to figure out a safe spot to move so as you're driving away for those of you hovering over the body of Lady Elizabeth other people now begin to come out into the street quite a few of them what happened what happened here you hear very broken English I need a doctor 
Let me through. One of the men who comes up to you first says, There's, there's a doctor right up the street. And points up the street. Come on, Simon. You hustle her body that away. You find a, a wonderful, caring and loving house that is willing to sort of double as an operating room. You meet a man named Giorgio, who is a doctor. He's originally lived in Italy, but fled uh, Mussolini's rule there and has now set up shop here in Sofia. He asks you with all haste to assist him with getting water and certain supplies as he calls them out. He speaks some English, probably at about 30%, give or take. Um, So it is heavily accented by his um, native Italian. But he works very hard over the next 10 or 15 minutes to make sure that her ladyship has a comfortable place to rest. He is worried. He's trying to work very quickly. And now I'm going to make a very important one. I'm just going to pace, pace up and down, back and forth. Okay. Lady Elizabeth, the hand of fate is going to put the doctor at disadvantage. But it doesn't matter. He makes the medicine roll anyway. The doctor begins his work. He um, respectfully, because Lady Elizabeth has shot multiple times, uh, he asks you to step back and give him space. He asks if you would go and sit in the um, in the sitting room with uh, his wife will bring you some tea or something while he works. In probably the next 10 or so minutes, Simon, you and Mr. Fraser hear the sounds of three very distinct metallic pings sort of happen in not rap succession, but they happen one after another. Are they coming inside of the room that Lady E's in? Mm-hmm. I'll rapidly open the door. Okay. Um, you open the door and you find a curtain in the way where the doctor is working. It's, it's obscured. What's going on in there? Hmm? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the bullet down. Ah, sorry, you had me worried. I was hearing metal on metal, sir. From what we saw, you know, I was worried that it could be something else, like other more bullets going back in. You understand? Yes, I understand your concern. Please uh, leave me to her. Absolutely. I apologize for interrupting you. Maggie, you and Richard drive. You careen around corners and you fight very hard with this, we'll just say less than impressive Italian automobile to get some sort of hone in on that truck. You drive back towards the center of town, which is where this truck is going or was going. It looks like it's heading out of town. I'm going to have you make me a drive roll. My favorite roll to make. Mm -hmm. Ooh, hard success. 1744, baby. Professor, it is very difficult for you to sort of keep your stomach together. Miss Bellinger is driving like a bat out of hell. Should I make a con roll? Not yet. You drive through the downtown space, away from the university, back through the center of town. In the center of town, there is this enormous church. Uh, You had seen it a couple of times in the past. As you looked from your hotel room, as you'd made your way to the university, you would have had to cross that way. It's beautiful. There's this wraparound street 
that you're having to go around. And there are tons of people outside the church. They seem to be lined up. And you see that there are flowers that have been collected in stand-up easels. And there are vehicles parked nearby. And some of them have official flags on them. And as you drive by, there is an enormous explosion from the church. And as Miss Bellinger careens around trying to track this truck, it's still quite a ways away. The roof of the church collapses with a thunderous roar. What, 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 what on earth do you think that was? Simon's nowhere near. I have no idea, Richard, but we don't have time for that. There's, look, there could be other things going on in the city. I don't, I don't know. Yes, well, I, follow the track. I mean, you're, you're doing a marvelous job. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to keep hold here, but um, yes, yes, keep, keep going. Maybe a little smoother. So, speaking of that, Miss Pellinger, um, the streets in the next moments begin to flood with people, running in all directions. Some people running towards the blast. Some people running away from the blast. You're also, the road itself is coated soon after with just an enormous cloud of dust that comes out of the windows of this church. And so I'm going to have you make a drive roll. Okay. To attempt to continue your path. It's a 53 over 44. Now I have just become flush with luck. At 40 luck. So what's that, nine? I've spent nine? Yeah, I'll spend, I'll spend nine. I'll be above 30. You spend nine luck and you manage not to hit the first, say, wave of people in the streets. Uh, what it does do is force you to hit the brake, uh, which for you, Richard, means you collide with the, the front dashboard and have to brace yourself a little bit. You don't take any direct damage but it's uh, quite an experience. I do want Maggie to, when we have to slam on the brakes, to put her arm out, do the arm seatbelt for Richard. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do one of those. Oh, come on, we can we can get around these people, surely. We don't want to lose that. I, I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm, I'm keeping a, a close eye on it. Come on. Maggie will continue as long as she can. Yeah. You are able to continue, but unfortunately for you, it's it's at half speed at this point. The streets are now either you're going to have to make a choice, right? And that is lay on the horn and try to continue it at close to full speed. You may hit someone or go to half speed and, you know, not commit any potentially um, terrible acts. Oh, Maggie's eyes on the prize. Maggie's honking and veering. Is, I mean, it's not the first time I've hit. They could be... I, you know, anyone, bad person that like I've hit before. So who knows? And, and if I just clip them a little bit, it's they'll be fine. Um, so you lay on the horn and you end up colliding with a couple of people. You push a couple of horses because of your actions. You sort of spook them, pushing other conveyances out of your way. And the problem is the truck continues to gain distance and you can't seem to keep up with it, whether it's the slowness of the vehicle or just so many obstacles in the way, it's not allowing you to keep up. But 
Richard, you're still able to keep an eye on it because that truck has a bum tire. And so in your, because Maggie has to somewhat adjust to what's going on on the street, you're able to sort of keep your eye on it. You see it climb out of the city and it looks like it's going into the wilderness. One of many dirt roads that lead out of the city. I, I, I can see where it is if you can make your way through. I'm sure we can pick up the trail again. I'm trying, Richard. I'm trying. I'm sure it's not expecting to be followed. Oh, these people and horses in my way. Get out of the way. Come on. Richard's just going to yell at them a bit. Yeah, you continue on. Over the next minute or so, you get out of the main thoroughfares of traffic. And, you know, hell on wheels, Maggie does get her due. And you begin to catch up with this truck. You both see something fairly evident as you get onto this road with them, trying to track this truck down. And that is that there's still a, a gun pointed out the back of it. And so I'll just ask, how close are you going to attempt to get, Miss Bellinger? I think Maggie single-mindedly is going to want to run them off the road. Ooh, fantastic. I think if I can get within range, I would floor it and try to do some pit maneuvers. Ooh, fantastic. I'm going to have you make a drive roll for me to see if you can get alongside them. 33 under 44. All right. It's an opposed drive roll. So they have made theirs as well. But what's your drive? 44. Okay. So you pull up a little bit closer to them. You basically swerve into the oncoming lane. Not that there's much of a lane to speak of. But you swerve into the oncoming lane, and as the terrain around you begins to elevate, the truck has to, with that bad tire, it, it can't go as fast as it needs to, and you start to close the distance. The Maxim gun, however, doesn't need to close any distance. Um, it's going to fire at you. Nope. Okay. You get fired at by a machine gun. And something sort of sparks in you, Miss Ballinger, and you start to sort of get the adrenaline thrill out of this and when they don't hit you it's exhilarating you look over for just a moment to see what she's going to do professor and there's an enormous grin on her face a mile wide quick if you if you speed up and drive faster run they, they won't be able to turn the gun around yeah that's what i want to try to do. i want to try to if i can because uh, i'm trying to do this like pit maneuver Mm -hmm. get the car alongside and if I'm far enough ahead they can't, if they can't turn around but I want to run them off the fucking road awesome so I uh, I'll ask as you get alongside them then for you to make a drive roll the hand of fate is going to put you at advantage for this drive roll alright we'll see how it goes first roll is a 49 second roll is also a 49 you could push that roll, of course. I could push that roll. You know what? I will push that roll. Okay. Because I don't need it to happen, but it would be nice for it to happen. So I will push the roll. Nope. 58 over 44. So now here's where things get really fun. So I'm going to play a hand of protection to protect you from your failed push. So it's just a failure. And that gives you the opportunity to potentially spend luck and still make the, the roll happen. Oh, decisions, decisions. Will I be spending luck on my first roll that was a 49 over 44? I'll do it. 
the driver of the truck failed their drive roll. They are going to be pitted essentially against the side of this this hillside. They're going to effectively crash. It's going to deal uh, a D6 points of damage to everybody in the vehicle, which is six. And you crash their truck and manage to keep yours within some semblance of working order. Men and body parts and likely parts of that machine gun go tossing all over the back of the vehicle. You've pitted them. Now what are you doing? Um, Maggie, do you have a gun? No, of course I don't have a gun, Richard. Oh no. I'm afraid I don't either. Well, not anymore. I, I threw the one I got from the toilet at Alexander and I'm afraid I've got nothing else. Ah. Um. I hope they're dead already. Well, hang on a minute. I have a, I have a plan. If, um, uh, why don't you turn around and if they, if, if someone comes out of the, 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 the truck, then you can, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to put this. Um, run them over, Richard. Yes, run them down. Yes, I was looking for more, um, I, I don't know, uh, uh, acceptable form of that, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, quite. I, I think that this, this car up in your hands is the best weapon we have. That might be the truth. So what what are the two of you doing? Are you staying in the car to like line up people as they stumble out of the road? I guess so. As Richard said, the car might be the best weapon we have. Yeah, so you wait and a few moments go by. There's a lot of groaning that comes from that, you know, sort of runoff crevice, etc. that they're sitting in. And eventually a man in dark clothing who's got blood all over his face stumbles out of one of the truck's windows sort of reaches out and opens the door and begins to climb out of the car look there's one get ready is he armed or headed he does have all of his body parts currently he's bleeding from the head mm-hmm. and he's just stumbling to try to get to the road mm-hmm. which he eventually reaches if you let him yeah I mean I kind of feel bad running him down with the car but uh, does he looks pretty weakened right like I, we could just tackle him or hit him with a car he does look fairly weakened yes oh, we can't question him if he's dead Richard I, I suppose not um, let's, let's see what he has to say for himself then Maggie jumps out of the car he reaches to his belt where it looks like there might have been like a holster there and he realizes that it's it's empty and so he goes into his you know pants pocket and pulls out what looks like a switchblade now he's running towards him okay all right you're running towards him wait wait you you arrive richard what's your first aid skill like okay so you're running towards him what are you going to do and tackle him? Yeah, no, that's, uh, I think that's Maggie's thought is, okay, this guy has taken the head. They've shot her friend, Lady Elizabeth. Uh, I've run them off the road. Now he stumbled out of this car. We can't ask him any questions about the head if I run him over with a car and he dies right away. So my thing is to just tackle him and try to knock him out by like hitting his head on the ground. That sounds like a fantastic way to get stabbed, Miss Bellinger. It sure does. Look forward to your fighting brawl roll. 
Well, I was already running towards him when the knife came out, and I feel like momentum is really just going to take me forward. I do too. I don't think there's no backing out of it right now. I like that. So uh, go go ahead and um, make a fighting brawl roll. Ooh, 59 over 40. Okay, well, that is a terrible fight back roll. He swings, likely with blood in his eyes. He swings and you try to tackle him and you sort of, your right arm comes into contact with his left arm and you both sort of pirouette around each other. To you, Richard, this looks planned. This looks like a choreographed maneuver. You're not sure what Maggie's doing, but it must be fantastic. She's setting him up. That's what it is. Um, He's going to run over and uh, see if he can take him out of the legs whilst he's busy with Maggie. Okay, you're going to gang up on him. Sure. I guess uh, at penalty, he's going to try to dodge from you trying to trip him. Uh, Richard's got an amazing fighting brawl of 34. (laughs) And uh, that's a 19. And he's uh, not able with a 72 to get out of the way of that. So what implement do you have? So what Richard's done is um, he's kind of run up to this guy who's clearly engaged with Maggie. And rather than get too involved, he's decided just to kind of uh, try and kick the back of his knee out to sort of make his legs buckle and, and him fall over. It's a successful fighting brawl roll anyway. Yeah. So if you'd like to knock him down, that's something that you can do. Yeah. So you knock him down to the ground. Go on, Maggie. Um, I, I, you can take over from here. Yes, Miss Ballinger. What are you going to sit on him? I guess. I mean, I want to knock him out, but he's already pretty wounded, so it might actually kill him. So there is a maneuver for knockout, mm-hmm. which is available to you. Mm-hmm. If you would like to make a knockout roll, you can. Yeah, I would. All right. So it's your turn. It's not a surprise attack. So it's basically a fighting brawl maneuver. Okay. Oof, no. 85 over 40. 85 over 40. Okay. So it doesn't knock him out. And yeah, I think he'd fight back. Richard? Uh, it looks like Maggie's trying to, to knock him out. She sort of punches down to try to knock his head off the ground. And that does seem like a f- reasonable plan of attack. He's going to drop to the ground and see if he can just give him a good old punch to the nose. Took to try and knock him out. Yeah, you bet. Go for it. And Richard's not really expert in this. He thinks that that's, that's how it's done. Ooh, uh, not with a 75, it isn't. Okay, you swing and um, you connect soundly with the pavement. And that really hurts. Skin my knuckles. You'll pay for that. Maggie, he's going to try to stab you in the gut. About time he took a swing at you. Good for him. Would you like to dodge or fight back? I will be... They're the same, pretty much. I'm going to be fighting back. Okay. It's a 93. Ooh. All right, you get stabbed, Miss Bellinger. Switchblade is D4. It's, what, one point of damage? I'll say good. All right, then. So, Maggie. I want to knock him out. I'm going to try and knock him out again. Go for it. I'm going to try to bash his skull against the ground. Incapacitating and knocking him out. I'm not going to be able to. I rolled a 64. Uh, Yeah, fight back. You bet. No reason not to. I'll just keep stabbing you. Not with a 61. Richard? Uh, Richard's going to get his elbow and crack him in the temple. 72. Martin, I'm going to spend a hand of fate and I'm going to make that a success. 
Thank, thank you, person voting for Professor. Oh, wow. I don't think a fumble matters on his fight back, but I'll say it matters. It doesn't matter. It does a point of damage at the minimum, and you knock him out. Richard, you crack his skull off the the, the road here, and he stops fighting. That's got a blighter. Do you think he's dead? Well, I don't think so. Uh, it, it looks like he's still breathing, but maybe we could put him in the car and, and take him back to the hotel and tie him up and then question him. Right, right, yes, yes. Oh, but we should check the truck first. Yes, yes, we should get... Um, I, 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 think, um, I think Simon would like that gun. Oh, he almost certainly would. Okay, so you two are going to go check the truck? Unfortunately, yes. Against my better judgment. I'm going to move the camera just temporarily as you go to check the truck onto the operating table where one Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy hangs in the balance. And so I have a question for you, Rena, and that is, would you like to spend 30 luck? Oh, yes. Okay. 30-30 club, here we go. So not 30, spend all of your luck, provided you have 30. I do. And um, do you survive a terrible fumble? You wake up, you come to in the hands of a doctor who is cleaning his own hands up. He has uh, left you with uh, a sheet over you to cover you respectfully. After his work was done, your chest is on fire and you can't at this point even think of anything other than the visual of the Maxim gun firing at you and then the pavement coming really fast and then blackness. I don't think I can speak at this point, just sort of groan. He steps over. Try not to move. Uh-huh. <laughs> Try not to move. Thank you. Oh, God. Oh, uh, that's who you should be thinking. The Lord above, you had no pulse when you came in here. Just close my eyes a little bit, because I cannot really get up enough breath to speak to that. <laughs> as much as I would like to say something scathing. I'm sure you would. So in the background for Lady Elizabeth, I'm going to give you 1d6 plus 1 hit points as you've made it through your luck spinature. And so that's five hit points you get. Your feeling doesn't change at all. You're still really, really in pain, um, but you are alive. Uh, the curtain is pushed aside, gentlemen, and a very exhausted man steps into his own foyer to announce to you that she will live. I stumble to my feet, clutching my own wound, blood probably oozing between my fingers. You should let me see to that. Can we see her? No, you may not. She needs rest. <sighs> but she's going, she's going to be all right. She will live. As far as her state after, I cannot say. I, I can tell you that Whatever shot her was very powerful. I haven't seen weapons like that since the war. I, it, it, it was... It was from the war, sir. Faiza, Jim, you get yourself patched up. I'll go ahead and sit here and stand guard while you two get some rest. Yeah, what, what, what happened to Maggie and Richard? They took off, that's all I know. Maybe you, you should go and... See if you can find them. Make sure they're all right. Doctor, will they be safe here? Oh, certainly. All right. Uh, Jim, get yourself bandaged up and you get some rest too. 
I'll go find them. Uh, the doctor here is going to take care of both of you. Uh, Simon's going to reach into his wallet. Does he have anything? Or I'm assuming he has some. He probably has some money, likely lira, like the Italian money. Um, maybe some American money left. It's been a long trip, and frankly, the professor is usually the one that carries all the money. Uh, so I, I have lira on me. Uh, Italian money won't spend well here, but um, uh, what about U.S. dollars? Oh, certainly. All right, uh, I've I've got a couple U.S. dollars and a couple coins. Is that good? Mm. Yes, of course. It, it'll be like about twenty U.S. dollars, which is probably still a decent amount. His wife collects it, and uh, he has you sit down, Fraser, and he begins working on you. Simon, be careful. I'll kind of grasp him by the shoulder. You don't have to worry, Jim. You know, hearing that gun, um, I'm all kinds of careful right now. I'm back on my uh, pins and needles from the wall. Yes. I, I, me too. Well, we'll see you either back here or at the hotel. Probably here, I would imagine. So, I'm going to move camera back to our truck accident. I use accident in air quotes for those of you listening at home or in your car. What the two of you find inside the truck is sort of a calamity. In the back, Richard, the Maxim gun is in pieces. It doesn't look like it's broke per se, but it looks like it came off its mooring. And so the barrel and some of the other bits are in one place. The gentleman who is operating it, unfortunately, has broken his neck. He does not appear responsive. For you, Miss Bellinger, the entire cab of the vehicle is like walking into an ice chest. The driver of the vehicle, when he was among the living, seemingly has held on to this package, this sort of spherical ovoid package that he has clutched under one arm, his right arm, which used to probably move the gears back and forth of this sort of heavy truck. His body, unfortunately, the upper part of it was pushed out of the truck before it hit the side of the ravine wall. And so his head and upper portion of his body was completely crushed when the truck made its final landing. But the head is there. I I grabbed the head. Very good. Make me a power roll. Um, Maggie? Yes, Richard? Uh, do, you th- do you think we should drive the truck back? I don't care, Richard. That car's stolen and this truck isn't. I rolled a 79 over 75. Oh. Very good. Um, you double over in pain from an immediate and thunderous migraine. It forces your eyes into a blurry state. You find it very hard to see. Everything begins to echo around you in a really, really bad way. And the light from the town and any other passing headlights is like a stabbing pain in your head. Um, You can watch this happen in real time, Richard. Maggie, are you okay? (laughs) Oh no! Um, uh, sit, sit, sit down. I, I, I can probably do something to help you. Let me have a look at that, um, that, that head. Maggie clutches it tighter. I, I only, I only want to have a look. At this point, Maggie's kind of like ground before in or out of the truck. 
and is uh, clutching the head and like just like head down fetal position, uh, clutching it and whimpering. Oh, no, I never thought we'd catch this blasted truck. Oh, dear. Um, and Richard's going to look around for maybe some, I don't know, a canteen of water in the front of the truck. I mean, clutching at straws here, but... Yeah, I think there's 50-50. There might be one. Yeah, we'll say... Four, no, that's not bad. 46. The, there is one in the front of the truck. Getting it is another matter. You're going to have to go into that sort of leftovers. Yeah. Richard will, will, will struggle through. He's he's aware that he probably can't do anything else and getting this bottle of water is a... Yeah, something he can do. Yeah. You get the bottle of water. You can see it in the distance, both of you. You a little less, Maggie. You more so, Professor. The center of town, there's an enormous plume that's rising over Sophia. I don't know what's happening over there. I'm glad we're right here. I, I hope the others are okay. I don't know what's going It's like a war. Richard, you have to get me back to the car and get me to everyone else. To Paul and to the other pieces. Yes, Paul. Paul's a good idea. And the other pieces. So Richard will take Maggie over to the truck and attempt... Uh, uh, the car and attempt to uh, give her some water along the way. Here, I, you might feel better if you drink a little of this. Perhaps you're dehydrated. I, I know that's a common cause of uh, headaches and uh, it, it's... Uh, have been said to be a good, a good remedy for many things. There is no way that you can drive, Miss Bellinger. I know that's why Richard has to do it. So, I guess for you, Martin, the important thing to remember for the professor is, as long as you don't attempt anything, we'll just say out of the ordinary, you shouldn't have to make drive rolls at all. That's good. Richard knows how mechanical things work. Right, uh, well, you, you, um, you stay there and, uh, uh, I'll, um, we can, we can head back. It'll, it'll be fine. And Richard will, uh, will start poodling on down the road. You're heading back to the city? Yeah. I mean, I guess, guess trying to head back to the hotel where, where Paul is. And he's going to assume that's where the others are too. You head back towards the hotel. So I won't make you make a drive auto roll for it because it's not an actual impediment to you. But one of the things that you do notice on the way back to town Richard, is you notice that there are an awful lot of military police that are seemingly visually around now that weren't before. And it looks like as you make your way back into the more proper portions of town, they're setting up some sort of roadblock. You get in before having to go through it more formally. Oh, this does not look good. It reminds me of Italy, this does. I hope we don't have to go through that again. You get back to the hotel. The entire time, for you, Miss Bellinger, if your your pain levels flutter between six to eight to nine, especially as we get deeper into town here, more noises, more people, more lights, and every single time a sound in the space goes off, just the regular commerce that happens in the afternoon of the city. It's like someone's ringing a bell inside your head. Beneath that bell, though, there is a voice. And that voice says, we have them all. Finally. It's time to fly. So, back at the doctor's house, first and foremost, 
Mr. Fraser, you can heal a hit point as the successful medicine roll and treatment goes. You don't have any bullet to remove. It's a through and through. Uh, luckily, just here uh, on, on sort of the edge, you lose a little bit of skin and muscle, unfortunately. But, um, you know, way better than having to get something picked out. Over the next half an hour or so, Lady Elizabeth, you are able to find the strength to sort of reformally clothe yourself. Although now your wonderful clothes are <laughs> full of bullet holes. And so they sort of, we'll just say, give a window into you. Um, that wouldn't normally be there. The lady of the house is uh, willing to uh, offer you something, maybe not as formal, but at least more covering. Anything so I don't have to look down at my own blood all over my clothes. Yeah. She gives you something that is um, more traditional around here. So it's a blouse, um, but it is purple, if a bit faded. Thank you. She nods. Simon... We're going back to the hotel or tracking them down, yes? I think he's going to go back to the hotel first because he's going to let Paul know where Lady E and Jim are. Mm -hmm. And then he's also going to prep himself appropriately to go hunting for them and also be able to leave a message at the desk in case they come in. Okay. You collect Paul. He is eager to actually fill you in on what he's hearing. He's hearing there was a um, there was some sort of damage to the church nearby, that uh, the roof collapsed. And he's pretty concerned about it. Do they know how it happened? No, no, I, I I'm not sure how it happened. I was here in the hotel just working on some things. They said the roof collapsed, but Simon, it sounded like a bomb went off. Uh, I'll head over that way. It might be linked to uh, the truck we encountered earlier because that sounds. Like possible military do you mind uh cabin over to this address and checking in on the two of them and i yes no it's perfectly fine i'll probably just um walk i i prefer it to being in a vehicle at this point i'm gonna leave a message at the front desk in case they come in while i'm out looking for them all right uh, i'll meet up with them and then um i guess we'll we'll meet back here sounds good so the way this will work cinematically speaking is Paul will meet up with you, Lady Elizabeth and Mr. Fraser. He informs you there's been an, a, a problem at the church. Uh, he does tell you that he thinks a bomb might have gone off. People were saying the roof collapsed. He's not sure why or how, but he said that the streets are suddenly flush with military from God knows where. They're local, but um, there's a lot of people suddenly walking around in military uniforms and he's kind of concerned. The doctor who's there enlightens you that if there is some sort of continuing issue with the communists, then it's possible that the military may respond. And so the doctor sort of fills you in on the fact that Sophia is still suffering from problems with Russian communists. Hmm. Well, I think it would be safest all around then if, if we, the next available train out of the city, if we can, our companions, uh, well, we've kind of mislaid them in all the uh, commotion. Oh, um, um, Simon is going off to look for uh, Miss Bellinger and the professor. He wants us to meet up the hotel, and quite frankly, I, I think that may be the safest option at this point. We need to be indoors. Your ladyship, are you fit to walk? Uh, is the only response you get. I think we might need a wheelchair. Oh, um, the doctor pipes up. 
I have one that uh, would be able to make the journey. I would ask if you could have someone bring it back. It's my only one. Of course, of course. Uh, and we will, we will, of course, give you some financial remuneration for the use of it. He nods. That, that, that should be fine. Thank you, sir. I, I don't know what we would have done without you. He makes the sign of the cross and says, um, I'm only happy to help where I'm, I'm able to. We owe you a very great debt, Doctor. More than, more than you know. Paul steps in and helps Lady Elizabeth into the chair that's here and says, uh, we should be cautious going back. This feels like Venice. Yes, yes. Caution. Come on, then. The three of you make your way carefully back to the hotel. Richard, you arrive in the stolen vehicle back at the hotel. Maggie, at this point, is... I don't know. I don't know if you're doubled over in pain or after hearing about the um, potential travel option you may have soon if you are suddenly a little bit more chipper. The migraine, the headache, has not gone. Still doubled over in pain, but with a weird grimaced smile, like this pushing through the pain to be happy, kind of, but also confused. Um, Me and the Compt have a very confusing relationship these days, and that hasn't gone unnoticed. I mean... He passed me up, and then Professor Smith, the real one and not the pretend one that was the Compt, was like, hey, this guy's no good for you, Maggie. You need a better man in your life. Uh, but the, temp- the temptation to fly is there, so. Indeed. Um, and so the grimace is as well, as uh, the Compt and your relationship status is complicated. The two of you head inside. Are you still clutching the package, Miss Bellinger? Yes, I am still clutching onto the head. The two of you get inside and go to your rooms respectively, or are you, um, Richard, are you finding a a way to make sure that Maggie has what she needs? Uh, Richard is definitely dragging Maggie to Paul. Okay. Uh, We we must find Paul. You're clearly in some pain. I'm sure he's got some more of that, uh, well, whatever it is. Yeah, it's not too much uh, longer thereafter that Simon, you'll you'll notice the um, professor and Maggie entering the hotel. You can tell that Miss Bellinger is a little weak. She seems to be being helped by the professor. She's also cradling something. Miss Maggie, Professor, how are you both holding up? Where did you go? Look, she's in terrible pain. Well, we we must find Paul. Paul's with Lady E and uh, Jim right now. Oh, I'm, I'm sure um, I, th- this is more important. Lady E was shot by a machine gun. Yes. I mean, we, we've... Um, Maggie has, is in a terrible state. I i don't even know what's wrong with her. It's, this is far worse than being shot. Miss Maggie, what is, what's wrong with you? Are you hurt somewhere? I had Simon, my head. Maggie's clutching a head as well. Can, can we see the head or is it wrapped up? It's wrapped up. That head is wrapped. So yeah, you do not see it visually. All right, let, let's get you up to bed, Miss Maggie. Professor, you probably need a drink. I'm not gonna. I, I should find Paul. Paul is with Lady E and Jim, and they will be back as soon as they can. I'm, I'm so worried. I mean... Professor, Professor, you gotta show a little patience. 
We'll go take care of Miss Maggie now, the two of us, all right? Well, I guess so. You know what they say, rest is best. So, Miss Bell, do you find a place to at least sit down mm-hmm. to get away from the light? In fact, what you really want is the absence of light. You're, you're not, you want to pull the shades. You want no candles or fireplaces. You just want the darkness because the light is too much. Mm, yeah. In probably the next half an hour or so, Lady Elizabeth, you, Paul, and Fraser are going to wheel yourselves back into the hotel. Um, it takes a little bit to get you into the hotel because Fraser and Paul have to lift you because there are no ramps, but you do manage it. Um, there are an awful lot of military around at this point, about an hour or so into it. You're seeing both police officers and then military police that are beginning to direct traffic, inspect vehicles. There's all sorts of things they're doing, Fraser. I'm going to take a look at the schedule for the Orient Express as soon as I get an opportunity to to see when the next uh, train out of this town is. Don't know that you keep the schedule on you. Oh, no, no, it'll be in my room. Yeah, Uh, but you get her upstairs. So I'm checking the timetable just so everybody is clear. The Orient Express would normally leave at about uh, half seven to its next destination down the line. You will likely not make that train given the circumstances that the investigators are in. Lady Elizabeth, you and Mr. Fraser would quickly become aware that Miss Bellinger and... Professor Courtney are back because clearly Simon would indicate that they were. So you're all together now. And at some point, you will likely have to have a very important conversation. That conversation being is um, what comes next. But we won't have that conversation today. We'll wait until next week when you can all hear all about the special package that Maggie picked up on the road on her way to Sophia. So thank you very much for listening. And we look forward to sharing space again next week.